Hey, it's Ella and Daddy, and you're listening to the Not Me But You podcast, where our goal is to speak out the truth of the Bible so that our listeners may be encouraged to live in a manner worthy of their calling. Together, we pray that God would use this episode to strengthen and guide you on your faith journey. Without further ado, enjoy the show. All right, welcome back to another episode. Um, today we have a special guest with us, my own dad, Al Witt. You want to say hi to the... Hey, how are you, everybody, the listeners out there? Yeah, our podcast listeners. So he's going to be talking to us about money and tithing and just all of that jazz today. Extremely touchy subject that uh, you let me dig in myself into a <laughs> hole. Thank you very much to both of you. Yeah, you're welcome. We thought it'd be perfect, you know, throw them under the bus first time around. Yeah, yeah. And some of our listeners out there are young people our age. So just because this episode is all about money, don't turn it off because um, there are things we can take away from it as young people who um, don't have jobs and don't have money. Um, we can still learn from this. So definitely keep your ears open to this episode. Yeah, I think that was a really big misconception. I thought like, oh, since I'm young, I like either don't have the ability to give or like I'm not required to give because like someday I'll be able to do that. And it's not like a here and now thing. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of like our motivation behind this episode. Yeah. Yeah. So Al, do you want to tell us a little bit about your church background and um, just how you were saved? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thanks for the opportunity to both uh, Addie and Ella for being able to to be here and, and share a little bit. Again, um, I'm not an expert in this um, topic, but uh, I'll, hopefully I can share with what I know a little bit and uh, definitely fact check whatever we're going to talk about. But start off first with the question you asked is is kind of how did God grab me and, and where is my spiritual walk? Um, grew up in a church home. Again, I have a pretty boring I wasn't struck by lightning and God grabbed me, that kind of stuff, a pretty boring um, tale when it comes to, to my, my walk with faith. But I uh, grew up in a family that went to church every Sunday. Um, we, we were a family that uh, my dad filled in at the pulpit whenever the minister was gone. I, my mom was the choir director. I sang in the choir. Yes, Addie, I can sing once in a while. <laughs> um, but uh, just I, I just grew up in a family that, that knew God was a priority. But I think it, it, I real quickly realized that my faith then was a religious faith, faith not a relationship faith. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Where I did it because it was the right thing to do. But looking back, I probably didn't have that um, relationship portion. And uh, again, was baptized when I was a, an infant and you know, went through that whole deal. Um, but it probably wasn't uh, up until Addie when I met your mom. Um, Oh, gosh, we were 23, 24, and I would watch your mom, everything she would do, and uh, obviously I get emotional talking about it, but um, everything she would do, she was a rock, and uh, we would go through unique things um, when we were dating, and I would watch how she would react, and uh, she didn't fluctuate, she didn't uh, vary what she did, um, but she was just a consistent little rock, and I'm like, dang. That impresses me, and uh, but I, I quickly realized that she had the relationship that I didn't have, mm. and I just kept telling myself, "Wow, I, I want some of that." And I just uh, she just led by example consistently, and 
anyway, we end up obviously got married and, uh, I watched her throughout our first few years. We wanted a family and, uh, we struggled with pregnancies and lost multiple little ones and, um, through, um, miscarriages and I would watch her. She never fluctuated, just was a rock. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so again, thank goodness for Jill. She kind of said, Hey, I wanted some of that. And, uh, so long story short, she was the one that just pushed me, pushed me, pushed me and in, in everything that we did, uh, business wise, she would always say, have you prayed about it? And I'm like, wow, that was new to me. It was, it was something that uh, I never took it that far. It was, I'll manage it. Don't worry about what God thinks about it. And she would continually challenge me on that. But uh, so she was, she was my rock and challenged me on the relationship of that. Um, and so I made that transition of the good works portion of my faith to having a relationship and then um, got involved heavily with the church here in Osage. And, and God just continued to challenge me of, you're not doing enough. Mm-hmm. you're not doing the things that I want you to be doing. And so got involved with the leadership of the church and became an elder and a chaplain. And, and uh, just the, the fruits that he gave me with that of being able to um, challenge myself on how I thought and be able to help and mentor people, that just kind of led me down a, another path that I wanted more to do. And uh, by far the most rewarding thing is the whole chaplaining experience that I get involved with is being with, whether it's a because we had pregnancy issues early, they, I get to deal with a lot of young parents if they go through a miscarriage or a mm-hmm. loss of a child. And that by far is rewarding is to be able to sit with them because been there, done that. And that was, that's pretty cool for me to be able to sit with those, those people and, uh, pray with them and, uh, yeah. you know, kind of live life with them. So sorry for the long answer, but that's <laughs> kind of where God brought me. Um, sorry for the emotion, but, uh, very blessed that God put Jill in my life and so pretty cool stuff. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so before you knew Christ, what did your relationship with money look like? Yeah, good question. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of those things. I, I go back to the answer that I already gave: is um, this is my money and I'm going to control it. And that was the way I thought about it. And uh, until I realized that. Um, it was God's bunny and he gave it to me to manage. Um, that was tough for me. And I remember, I love this story, Addie. I remember we didn't have kids yet. We were married. Jill and I were married. And I remember taking all of our mail one morning with me. I travel for work and I had a meeting a couple hours away. And I remember throwing um, all of the mail in the passenger seat of my work car. And at the, during the lunch hour, I opened up the mail. And one of them was our credit card bill. And at that time, we didn't have a pot to pee in or a window to throw it out of. We didn't have a lot of things, Jill and I, as a young couple. And I just bought a house and we were kind of strapped financially. And I remember opening up the credit card bill and going through this credit card bill and realizing, holy cow, we don't have money to pay this credit card bill. And the first thing I did is I remember calling Jill. I had a a little bag phone. You don't have the cell phones like we have now, but it was a bag phone. And I remember reaching down and dialing and talking to, to Jill at home. And the first thing I did is I accused her and ridiculed her of what you do with all our money. And mm-hmm. I had yet to even go through the credit card bill. 92% of that on the credit card bill was my stuff, but I quickly jumped conclusions to, to blame her that we were mismanaging our money and whatever else. And um, that was a first experience of just sitting back and saying, why would I take this out on my wife and blaming her for something she didn't do. And I, that was a, that was a tough thing, um, to be able to just swallow your pride and, and, uh, 
the whole giving thing, Addie, I grew up, um, I knew my mom and dad, quote, wrote out a check every week because I see them on Sunday mornings. I see my dad sitting at the kitchen table and he would write out a check. I knew it was to the church, but I never asked him what it was for, how much it was. We never talked about money a whole lot of, and I didn't get the whole tithing thing or the offering thing. I really didn't understand it. But what I did learn as a young person watching my parents is they modeled it for me. So they, they wrote out a check and they, I saw them put it in the quote plate when the plate got passed at church. And that was my way of, of realizing that, okay, my parents did it and they modeled it. And so therefore I think I need to do it, but I never understood why. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So money, you know, going back um, with the relationship with money, I, I did it out of spite. Uh, when Jill and I would go to church on Sundays, um, I felt I was guilted into it, especially during year end. Every church during year end, during the month of December, you have a finance chair stand up and say how bad the church is doing and kind of guilty into giving. And a lot of people think, God, why does church always talk about money all the time? This is so uncomfortable. And that's one of the reasons I don't go to church. But until I sat back and realized how important our giving or an offering and tithing was towards that church and how it kept the lights on and it paid the minister and it just, and the way they could give back to the community, um, it did click to me until I dove into it. And, and uh, I was one of those guilted people of, oh, great, they're asking for money. So therefore I need to kick in a little bit more. Yeah. Okay, so I know for my church, um, every Sunday we have the offering plate go around. So what is tithing? What's offering? Um, and how are those things different? Great question. Um, if you look way back and you say, what does the word tithe mean? It actually, Hebrew, it actually means a tenth. Okay, so one tenth of something means tithe. Um, and then a lot of people say tithes and offering are the same. And if you dive into it deep enough, Ella, and you say, okay, is there a difference? There actually is. Um, an offering is anything above that 10%. So um, in, the, in the scripture, I think money, if you, if you Google it, please fact check me. But if you Google money or whatever, I think it's over 2,000 times that it's in scripture. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's crazy wow. how people think love is the most uh, topic in the Bible, but actually they address money or finances over 2,000 times. And um, so just to try to understand the, the difference between a tithe and offering, and they always talk about first fruits. Um, and we were talking earlier before the podcast of saying, you go back into Genesis, um, it's, it's within the first six verses of Genesis already talking about tithing. Um, so it's an Old Testament thing. It goes mm-hmm. obviously all the way through the New Testament thing. And, and that's just a big thing of talking about first fruits. Um, so if you dive into Proverbs 3, 9, it says, um, honor the Lord with your wealth, um, with the first fruits of your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Um, again, back then, very agricultural type scenario and everything was paid based off of, of, uh, whatever crops or fruits or whatever they grew. And that's how it all kind of stemmed back into first fruits is because that's what it was. Um, so that's just a quick and easy way to differentiate between the two tithes versus offering. Mm-hmm. So offering would be anything above your tithe, correct? Correct. So um, there, to me, there's three different ways. you got time, talent, and treasure. And people quickly go to treasure as your, quote, money, okay? And then obviously your time being, um, I'm going to sing in the church choir. I'm going to go paint the walls of the church. I'm going to go mow the church lawn. That's another way. Um, so time, talent, treasure, um, 
that's the three things that I think about when it, when you talk about that type of giving. But um, from a tithe perspective, from a financial perspective, it's that top 10%. Okay, good one. So with tithing and giving, and that would kind of be, you know, that's our response as Christians. What else would you say a healthy relationship with money would look like as a Christian? Got it. Yeah. I talked about my father modeling it. Does that make sense? And and I, I think that's big of modeling it for anybody that you're interacting with. Now, the wrong thing is, Ella and Addie, you sitting with a bunch of your friends saying, well, I gave a hundred bucks this week to church. Well, how much did you give? That's the wrong part mm-hmm. of thinking about that is I'm quote better than you because I gave more. That's the wrong t- thing to think about. It's more of a, a relationship thing with you and God. God knows exactly what you have. Mm-hmm. God knows exactly what he's given you. And for so my point is being, don't be boastful of if you have the ability to tithe and you are, the worst thing you could do is share it with people. I mean, that's just, I just challenge everybody on that. Um, I think it's a priority thing. Um, and many times in scriptures, it talks about keeping your priorities straight. Um, but it's, it's a priority thing and, and that we don't own anything. We don't own the facility we're sitting in. We don't own the cars we have. It's, it's God's. And he gave it to us as a resource to manage. And I think if you think about it that way, we're managers, we're not owners. And uh, good managers always give back to their business, okay? If you think about it from a business perspective, and, and your business is God. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I just challenge everybody to just think about it that way. Um, don't overthink it. Um, and uh, so that's kind of probably where I would definitely start. Um, there's is a verse, and Ella, I'm going to ask you, ask you, have you read that? It's actually First Timothy six. Or Addie, one of you two. I, can't, I don't have my glasses on, so you guys are going to have to read it. But that's something I'd love to just talk about. Yeah, I can read that for you. So in First Timothy six, um, six through I believe it's like ten, it says, "But godliness with contentment is great gain." For we brought nothing into this world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap, and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So you, you sit and you read that, and one thing that jumps out on me, and you get social media, and you get all kinds of people talking about that, and they dive into scripture, and they say, money is the root of all evil. And if you dive into that scripture, you might have to read it again, but what does that scripture say? How do they clarify that? It's your last couple ones it that says, you read. for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. There you go. So thinking about putting the word love in quotes, it's not money is the root of all evil, the love of money. So again, that's that whole, um, don't let money be your God or what's your, your idol. And uh, I think that's what gets people in trouble is thinking about money that way and talking about riches and riches in heaven and uh, the financial side um, uh, for the love of money. Um, is what gets you in trouble. So I just wanted to, to bring that up and, and challenge everybody on that too about that whole relationship thing. So, and it, it's a, it's got to be one of those things. And I challenge people that it, tithing is new to them, and especially for your young listeners, um, pray about it. I mean, start there and then just say, okay, God. Um, uh, there's a statement a lot of you hear a lot of people talk about is the wallet is the last thing to open when it comes to your relationship with Christ. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, 
okay, God, I'm going to leave everything up to you. And, uh, you know, you get into that prayer mode and you get to those rhythms. And again, and all of a sudden a minister or somebody challenges you, okay, so you're, you're getting to be a more mature Christian. So how are you in your giving? And a lot of people go, Oh crap. They brought up the money thing again. Mm -hmm. Again, the wallet's the last thing to open up. And I just challenge everybody to say, okay, God, um, what I have is, is not mine. It's yours. And so I want to start somewhere. So, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Do you think there's a harm in being a Christian and desiring wealth? Is that a desire that I as a Christian should not have? Is that an evil desire or can I, can I desire wealth in a godly manner? And my answer to that is, is yes, you can. And, uh, God will never give you more than you can handle and, and using it as a resource, using it wisely, investing it into his kingdom. It's like a fine line between selfishness Absolutely. and, I don't know, desiring wealth mm-hmm. to give abundantly versus... Am I giving money because right. I love God or am right. I giving money because I think God's going to bless me for it? Mm-hmm. Like I remember reading a book about a pastor and his like number one goal is he wanted to give 90% and live off of 10. Oh, geez. I know that. That's, yeah, crazy. But I feel like, in a sense, desiring wealth in that manner would... No, I get it. And we talked about this earlier. I mean, and Addie knows this. I'm a Dave Ramsey lover, okay, when it comes to managing finances and uh, taking a couple of my kids through it. And every time we get to listen to Dave Ramsey, they get to listen to it in the car. But again, his favorite statement is live like no one else so you can live like no one else when you're early on, okay, when you're young, 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 young. And then he gets to the point where um, live like no one else so you can give like no Mm. one else, okay? So he changes that when you get into, you know, you've got your debt snowball working and things are paid for and then you finally get into retirement and then you get into what you asked about, Addy, is into that giving heart of being able to to be able to give more away, to be able to make sure you're meeting that tithe, make sure you're doing your offering, which is above and beyond that 10%. Um, that to me is the exciting part, part of if God's given you more to manage and you take that approach, I think that's a win-win for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think, this is just speculation, that there's anything wrong about wanting to make money to give your kids nice things and to you know, just have a good life, but I don't know. Yeah. You look at the book of Job. Okay. Job had the world by the tail, had all kinds of riches and animals and acres and acres and acres. And God took it away from him, you know, and he was a loyal person and, um, you know, obviously a huge follower of God and and Mm -hmm. did what he was said and, and, or what he was told to do, but, uh, extremely wealthy person in the Bible and Job, shoot, there's, I'm sure 15 more of, you know, the rulers of the world. But again, they knew what their priority was and it was God first, money second, you know. Um, I have the ability to, you know, I have a team of people that I work with every day. And I think if you'd ask all nine of them, the priorities that I try to push on them are God family work. And Mm -hmm. I think um, if you can, you know, continue to have that priority, God's going to continue to bless you. not only in what you do, but your family life and, and your godly life and just your how people perceive you right. um, is uh, being consistent. And that's the biggest thing that I, I hope that I push on people is I'm not a dramatic kind of guy. I don't get excited about a whole lot of things, but I think I'm consistent enough that, you know, God's first, my family, and then work. And yeah. um, so... Um, and I would hope that if people were giving just 
out of wanting blessing that the Holy Spirit would convict them of Amen. that. That's and, a great way to put it, Ella. And, and uh, I think you're exactly right. Of um, That might be a, a nice short-term fix, but not a long-term gain, mm-hmm. that type of approach. Right. So. It's a personal it's a personal heart thing. It it's is. a heart posture thing. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So um, with giving and this whole 10% thing, let's talk about the Christians that can't afford to give 10%. Absolutely. Another fact check I'd love for people to fact check me on, but uh, when you look at different churches, and obviously I'm very close to the church that we attend, um, based off the people that attend are regular attendees or a member of the church, the statistics that I pulled are only 2 to 3% of the population that go to your church tithe. Really? Okay? So do the math on that. Um, and when I say tithe, it's a 10%. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there are numerous amount of people that are um, might give, you know, 10 bucks a week or whatever based on what they can give. Um, but a true tither is very rare. And uh, just think about how successful our churches would be if we all were true tithers and said, that's high priority for me. Just think about that of um, these churches, what we could be doing yeah. for mission work locally, mission work globally, our youth programs, uh, the capacity of how we could minister online, things like that. Just think what we could do. But again, it's managing what we're given, and it's a, it's actually Ella, a very small portion of people um, that are tithing. And your question was, if I can't give 10%, which is the majority, okay, you need to start somewhere. And I think I mentioned that before is, okay, God, um, I'm, I, my budget says I'm going to make um, $1,000 a month. Let's do easy math, okay? So mm-hmm. that's a part-time job, 1000 bucks a month, and I have, um, you know, $800 worth of expenses, da, 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 da. And you start doing your math and you say, okay, I, I can't give that a hundred bucks, 10% of a thousand. But you know what? For the first few months, I'm going to give, you know, 10 bucks a week or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I just challenge everybody to start somewhere and, uh, and write it down, put it in your phone, text yourself. Um, and if you have a very loyal friend, your accountability partner, I've heard you guys talk about a lot in your past podcast. Um, again, you're not bragging, but you should say, okay, Addy, um, uh, I'm going to give another 10 bucks this, this for the next six weeks. Will you hold me accountable to make sure that happens? Mm-hmm. So if you have that special person you can trust, I would do that because it's going to hold you accountable. And uh, you can just say, okay, for the next six months, I'm going to do 1%. Then you're going to go to 2%. And then it might be a five-year process before you can financially do it as a young, young giver. Um, but just start somewhere. Um, I think if you would pull your listeners... And you'd say, do you currently tithe? I think a large majority of it is going to be, sorry, I don't. And that's okay. Because you look at the statistic of the church from 5-year-old to 95-year-old people, um, it's still 2 to 3 to 4% of people that truly tithe. So start yeah. somewhere. That's the biggest thing. Um, so the other thing I think you add about the 10%, um, and then you say, say to yourself, um, how am I managing in my money in other ways? Um, am I peeing it away on a new phone? Um, mm. Am I throwing it away on uh, new tires on my quote pickup? Um, you know, are you is, are you not managing it well enough to have that extra to give to the church? And uh, so, start with a goal, do a little budget, challenge yourself, share it with a peer, and uh, start there. Mm-hmm. Just get started. It's amazing once you get started. No different. You guys talk about praying. Yeah. You might not know how to pray. But guess what? Start somewhere. Yeah. And just start talking to God and start praying. No different giving. Start giving. It's amazing how it'll get you going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Realistically, like thinking or like 
putting it into terms or whatever, would you, do you give like once a week, would you say for someone to start? Would you give monthly, yearly? Like what, what about that? Young givers, I would, I would really challenge to, to don't go to an annual basis. You have got to get into rhythm because God's got to get in your heart and you've got to make it a priority. Um, and if you wait to do it at the year end, number one, you're going to forget about it. Number two, you're going to have another expense come in and you're going to say, oh, screw it. I'm going to worry about it next year. Mm-hmm. Um, what you guys had that I never had when I was your age is a lot of people are giving online. So you can easily formulate, and most churches have it, where you can just, it, you can start doing it online. So it forces you that Addy, every week, it pulls out of your checking account $6 and it just routinely happens. Um, I will challenge your young listeners, and this goes back to my buddy Dave Ramsey, of I'm a check writer, and the reason I'm a check writer when I write checks to the church is it gives me an opportunity to pray over it. Okay? Oh, sure. And it gives me an opportunity to say, okay, God, you know what I have. You know the, the whole financial thing of what I have, and it gives me an opportunity to, before I write that number, to, to be able to do that. So if any of you guys do checks anymore, which I'm assuming you probably don't, people your age. Sometimes. But um, if you, people have a checking account, that's just a good way to just stop and just give it up to God and say, okay, um, I'm going to pray over this before I before I do that. And um, another thing that I challenge you young listeners is because I'm on a facilities and finance committee and I see the amount of cash that comes into our church, okay, when I mean cash, meaning green cash that's unmarked, that has Ella's name on it, or Addie's name on it that is just thrown in there. Okay, so you got an extra spare 20 bucks you found in your winter coat that, oh crap, this is kind of cool, so I better give it to the church type yeah. deal. And you, so you throw it in the offering plate. What you, from the business side of it, I know you, both of you have jobs and both of you pay income tax, whatever else, but from a business side, I challenge all of you to don't do that. And the reason I'm telling you not to do that, don't give the cash, please give the cash, but put it in an envelope or put it in something that has your name on it because that that money say you gave 100 bucks this week that money needs to be earmarked back to you because that's a, a direct correlation to your taxes mm. okay so if you give $1000 over the whole year that whole $1000 is a quote deduction for you on your taxes so i know you're going to get some listeners saying oh he's giving us tax advice no what i'm telling you is god has given you your money as a resource so manage it that way right so that's not i don't think that's a sinful manner but please earmark your name to that cash if you're going to put cash in a in a tithing plate or an offering plate put your name on that envelope so at the year end the church that you attend is going to give you a statement for your taxes to say Ella gave $4,000 this year, and guess what? You get 4000 off the top of your taxes. Yeah. And that's just, to me, good management of your money. Right. Well, if you have the opportunity to get something back, why Amen. wouldn't you? Man. So not a lot of people know that, and it's quick and easy, and they just throw a $100 bill in the offering plate, and, and but that, that cash is not tied to anybody. So mm-hmm. please take the time to grab an envelope, and all the churches have envelopes that you can put your name name on it, um, and then you'll, you'll be able to, to be able to do that. So... I went down a rabbit hole, Addie and Ella, but I really wanted to share that with your young listeners to, to do that because mm-hmm. um, it's just a smart way. It's a tax deal. It's dollar for dollar deduction. Um, and like I said, God challenges all of us to manage your assets well. So you're just doing your part by making sure that you're doing that. So. Yeah. Yeah. So as a young person and a teen, I know we kind of already talked about this. Um, 
how do I get into a better habit of giving? Because I know for myself, I have a job, but I don't regularly tithe. Mm-hmm. Like, it'll I'll think of it and I'll think, oh, I haven't tithed in a month or two. Let me just sporadically give a bunch of money. Right. And I know that's not a good way to go about it, mm-hmm. but... Yep. And I've seen some people that have actually give sporadically. Uh, oh gosh, I forgot. And so therefore I would challenge everybody to keep a record of it. I've seen some people on the inside of their Bible, write, You know, for 2021, I've given $246 to date or whatever. The biggest thing is if you want to make sure that you're doing the minimum of what God asked by 10%, keep track of it in your mind mentally or on your phone, text yourself that, Hey, um, March 28th, I gave $40 this month. Cause it, the reason I say that is because it's going to challenge you to say, gosh, I only gave 6% for 2021. Mm-hmm. And then it holds yourself accountable. I mean, I know where your heart is, but there's a lot of people that aren't that done, aren't that spiritually mature to say, I want to do that. But until you document it, until you pray about it, until you look at it every week or every, whenever you do look at it, I would definitely just do those few little things. And with you guys having the technology you have, you can be Instagramming yourself or TikToking yourself <laughs> or something, you know what I mean? To, as a reminder, but, yeah. um, start there. Yeah. Start there. So. Yeah. What would you say about the person that maybe felt called to, um, give to like a different organization or like missions or something? You talked about, you know, there's tithing and then there's offering, which is anything above that. Do you think it's, can I tithe to a different organization? Absolutely. Is that- and it's, it's funny when you, you know, you're involved with a church organization that's bold enough to say, if there's, if you're a visitor of their church saying, you know what, if you're a visitor, don't give here, just make sure you give to the church that you belong to. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? And, um, I, I say that with other things too, Addie is, uh, whether it's a mission trip or whether it's some type of organization that, um, has kind of got your heart and, uh, you want to be supportive of. Absolutely. You know, please allocate that towards, towards that. And, and, uh, as a young lister, it's going to be tough because you don't really have the extra right now, but, uh, some of you it's, it's amazing where your heart is. You want to say, I want to be part of that. And I want to give, give to it again. I'm going to go back to the business side, get a receipt, keep it. You know, that's a whole nother business deduction that you can take. And, and from a tax perspective. So, um, yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah, that makes um, total sense. So before we wrap up today, do you have any last thoughts or anything you'd like to leave our listeners with? The only other thing, Addie, that, that kind of was brought to my attention as I was thinking about today was um, when I talk about generosity and how should you, your heart should be geared up for generosity. And Second Corinthians 9 verses 6 and 7 kind of grabbed me. And Ella, you got your Bible open. Can you help me with that one? Yeah, so 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 7 says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So this is a pretty good summary of, you know, from a heart perspective and, and always, like I talked about earlier, being able to start with prayer and, and where does, what does God want me to do with the resources he's given me? And just a pretty neat summary of how that's all wrapped up there in second Corinthians. So. Yeah. yeah. One last question. It kind of came to my mind as you were reading that. Do you, 
like personally think giving should be uncomfortable because it talked about like a cheerful heart and like I'm cheerfully giving but like is it okay that I'm uncomfortably giving like can those two emotions I guess go together absolutely and I I really think um we can be really fat, dumb, lazy Christians. And <laughs> I, I really think that brings up a point. And I shared it with you girls earlier of, I had a minister talk about tithing and, and I needed some advice. So I confidentially met with him and was talking about tithing and, and, um, shared with him, not, not what we gave, but how we were giving and whatever else. And he brought that up at And he said, after you write that check or after you give that grain or however you tithe, um, are you feeling uncomfortable after you do that? And my answer was no. And the answer he gave me was you haven't given enough. Mm. And that was a mic drop for me. He upset me initially. Like, are you kidding me? I just gave X that I thought was a lot, but Mm -hmm. it really wasn't at the time as I look back. But it made me think that that's not your money. It's God's. And until you get to that uncomfortable portion um, it's amazing, Addie, how when God's got your heart is when you do get to that uncomfortable stage is because, uh, that, that, that to me is when you're, when you're ready, you're, you're ripe and ready for harvest. So yeah, it's a great question. Yeah. All right. So we talked about all the points that we had today. So before we go Al, um, I'm going to throw Addie under the bus here. Do you have any good stories from Addie's childhood for the podcast? <laughs> well, yeah, I could talk for an hour and a half, but I won't. But, <laughs> oh, no, uh, I'm scared. Addie, Addie's our firstborn of five, and uh, so no, she, she's been special to us from day one. But probably the most unique one was, and I think it was, gosh, five, six years ago, Addie was just learning how to drive. Okay, and, oh, no. <laughs> and... Uh, that the driving task was given to me by mama and I was okay with it because I, I enjoyed teaching that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, I remember sitting in the garage with Addie and, uh, we were going to a small town near, near us to get groceries. Addie was in the driver's seat and hey, I was being the protective dad. I was sitting in the, in the passenger seat and she's adjusting her mirrors and doing whatever driver's ed told her how to do. And, and the garage door opens and she starts the car and she puts it in gear, and I don't know if her foot was confused or her brain was confused, but when her foot should have came off the brake pedal and went to the accelerator, it might have went a little quick, and we come shooting out of that garage at Mach 6. And, we were going really uh, We were fast. going fast, and thank goodness her little brothers, her little sister was not outside because they... But anyway... I don't think I said a word. Nope, you didn't say a word, and I just bawled. <laughs> and yeah, I felt bad. Like I didn't yell at her, but we sat there, and Addie gained her thoughts. And I said, you know what? It's a great lesson. Um, next time, just you know, think it over and and that whole thing. But yep. uh, I remember making my daughter cry by doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, um, we went about forty miles an hour backing up. I think it scared me half to death. That was half the problem. The good thing was the garage door was open, so nobody hurt. Addie's pride got hurt, yep. and we had something to talk about You're later right. in a podcast. You're so right. that's my uh, throw Addie under the bus story. Wow, that's a good story. Yeah, I'll have to stay tuned because Ella's mom is next up on this rotation, and so I will make sure that Ella's mother gets asked that same question. Oh, so stay tuned to throw Ella under the bus. But um, Thanks so much for coming on today and just kind of sitting down and discussing that with us. Um, we hope you guys, you know, gained um, 
some food for thought and just that God stirring something in your heart and saying, hmm, like, am I giving? Like, what's my next steps here? And like, we just encourage you to pray about it. Like that's, that really should be our first mm-hmm. step to absolutely anything um, in this Christian walk. So yeah. Yeah. Alrighty guys. Thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you in our next episode. Bye. <laughs>